Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Thursday, December 15th. It is six minutes after 10. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off. Gross. That lucky guy. Lazy. He, oh, he deserves it. Come on. He's been working hard. Don't it, you think? It will be a cold day in hell before I compliment Rob Kendall. <laughs> it takes a lot of work to be him, you know? That's true. That voice is Tony <laughs> Kinnett. He's filling in today. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Okay. So we ended last hour with just a brief, uh, how you feeling, how you doing because you had been sick you were laid up with the covid and i'm curious did you get a free test from the biden administration and how did you know it was covid so i was flying home from dc and Mm -hmm. i just felt a little off and uh going home the the concern was that it was it might be rsv because Mm -hmm. we have an 11 month old and so obviously with all of the hospitals dealing with kids that have rsv Mm -hmm. an actual genuine threat to children uh just wanted to make sure so Mm -hmm. uh, my wife had a few covid tests left over from when she worked at a public school in Indianapolis that they had given to her. And so just thought, oh, why not? Well, since they're lying around, I might as well take the test. Mm-hmm. And uh, it came back positive. And so there there we go. And knew that I had it. All right, cool. Had a few lying around. I didn't take one of the Biden administration's free COVID tests. Also, I've, I've never taken one of the Biden administration's free crack pipes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm starting to wonder if maybe I should be, you know, claiming more of my free equitable items here. So I'm curious, other, because it wasn't the RSV, did your did you change how you would heal yourself knowing it was covid versus not uh, I, I think it was more of a, I knew what I was in for. For me, when, when I get COVID, it's just the fever gets a little high. And when the fever gets a little high, it gets a little hallucinatory um, mm-hmm. it, it in the uh, in the evening time. And I'm one of those people. I, are you one of those people that can like, like uh, if I ever sweat at night, it's the worst thing on earth. <laughs> it's just, it's awful. I mean, I, if you are sweating in bed, it is, there is not a worse fate on earth. I'll take any other number of symptoms, but that is just, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> and so that was rough. But other than that, I mean, you know, you stay home, watch Star Wars, you know, ignore politics for a day or so, so I can, you know, just kind of chill and relax and, and rest up. And it was nice. And this is your going to be your first Christmas with the baby. That's right. And so I, I was, I, I actually, when the, the day I got my energy back, it was, uh, really dive in and, and work on the house and make sure it was all nice and all Christmassy and mm-hmm. get out all of the wife's totally not annoying fake snow and spread it all over every surface. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a regular Christmas wonderland at our house. Okay, well, the reason we're talking so much about COVID right now is because the Republican members of the House Intelligence Committee are alleging in a new report that there are, quote, indications that COVID-19 could be tied to China's biological weapons research program and that it has spilled over to the human population during an incident at the Wuhan Wuhan Institute. And this is almost like this just belongs in the no kidding folder. Well, this was very well documented in February of the year COVID hit. 
in 2020, people were saying this. It was very common knowledge. And everyone was like, no, you can't say that because mm-hmm. that's that's like terribly racist or something. And it's like, no, it came out of Wuhan. It, it, they have a laboratory there that deals very specifically with virology. And that is what it most likely is. China is not exactly the nation with the best security practices in their medical industry. And it makes sense. And what we thought made sense, Coral it correlated with the data very nicely. Mm-hmm. The build of COVID-19 at a molecular level looked man-made. It did. It, it had a structure that is not naturally occurring, and it doesn't work that way. Speaking as a biology teacher, no way, not a chance. And this is where the gain-of-function questions come about. Yeah, people were messing with it. They were tweaking. Mm-hmm. That is something that in, in science we've been doing for a long time. You know, We make little medical advances because we tinker. We're a very tinker-heavy species. And so someone made a mistake during the tinker process. It got out. And the real... The real catch here is that China could have alerted the rest of the world. We could have been prepared for this months in advance. They chose not to. It ended Mm -hmm. up killing millions of people, and it was an absolute mess. And so for the Biden administration to come around and say, well, we actually finally believe that it's China, yes. And you are accountable for all of the people that you claimed were a threat to society because they suggested that years in advance. It is 10 minutes after 10. He's Tony Kennett. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93WI. And you mentioned the Biden administration. So let's talk about the laptop from hell, because don't they go hand in hand? Oh, they really do. I mean, when it comes to Hunter Biden, it's just a grab bag of weird and strange business nonsense and cocaine. So like we're even tying in the crack pipes from earlier. It's how pleasant. Yeah. Nice segue. So 71 percent of Americans believe that accurate reporting of his laptop from hell could have altered the 2020 presidential election. And this is from a Tip Insights poll that was released on Monday. So this is a very serious issue. And it is, I would say, slightly less of a serious issue because how a lot of Republicans treated the 2020 post-election cycle. Mm -hmm. Because so many of them went into the election was stolen narrative, Mm -hmm. it is more difficult to argue about this current case regarding Hunter Biden's laptop now. Now, what are the facts? Did the federal government intervene in the Hunter Biden laptop laptop story? No, because Biden wasn't in power. However, If you're talking about the FBI, Mm -hmm. that's a totally different case here, in which case the federal government did, it looks like, intervene. The federal government, through the FBI, telling Facebook, telling Twitter, Mm -hmm. um, through private meetings, uh, through what we're finding out about Twitter and Facebook right now via everything from whistleblowers and everything else, it's a mess. And it looks like a huge conspiracy to keep this out of the media so that Trump wouldn't be reelected. Yeah. And that's what the Twitter files are confirming, as well as Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, he went on you know, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast and said, yeah, the FBI came to me and they told me they said this is coming. Wink, wink. Keep it quiet. Right. And that's one of the the greater concerns that that I have as an individual at this point, because given what we also found out with Twitter, uh, with, you know, you actually have Jack um, going in front of Congress and and basically perjuring himself Mm -hmm. and saying, well, we actually don't shadow ban. We don't censor anything. And now all of this is coming out that they did. And they kept all this information away from the American people. Again, regardless of your political leanings, this is a very serious thing to see the government, to see large actors censoring what it is that you can and can't see. That is an argument for what was election manipulation. I've seen a lot of people call it uh, big tech involvement, and then some more people are saying quick 
calling it big tech. Start calling it gov tech. And in late November, James Comer announced that the House was going to investigate the Biden family business yeah. and the contents of the laptop. And he went on to say that we're going to find out who in the government went and pressured Twitter about censoring, censoring, not censure, censoring mm-hmm. the laptop from hell. We have some real questions, and I feel like uh, we've got a, a top-notch legal team on the Oversight Committee, and we're going to try to get, get some answers as to who was making the decision to go to the FBI and, and, lie, or, and go to Twitter and lie and say, hey, th- this story's not true, when they knew it was true. Okay, so um, he plans to ask some of the former Twitter officials about who is influencing your decision-making. And isn't that the big question? Who told you to do it? That's what we want to know at the end of the day. Was this a unilateral decision? Was it just based on what you were told by the Biden campaign? Was it coming from the DNC or like we suspect, was it coming from the FBI? At this point, I don't even think that it matters. And here's why I'm going to say that it doesn't matter, because the Republicans in Congress are not going to do a thing about it. That's what we've seen. Mitch McConnell leading the Senate, Kevin Mm -hmm. McCarthy likely to lead the House. Mm -hmm. I just don't see them doing anything about it, because they don't care. They haven't actually come out in front of the public and said, yeah, you're right. All Republicans should be concerned about something that is deeply impacting American society at large. Even if we don't pass a, a law about it, Americans deserve to know what is happening. That's why we're investigating Mm -hmm. these crimes that allegedly took place. This is a very serious concern of all Republicans in the RNC. We haven't seen it. They don't care. It is not necessary for them to focus on this. I think a lot of them are afraid they'll be branded as crazy if they come out and address what a lot of Americans, the majority of Americans, as it turns out from what you said, Mm -hmm. 71% based Mm -hmm. on that poll, are concerned about. Mm -hmm. And so what I see from from House and Senate leaders like Mitch McConnell, like Kevin McCarthy, I see cowardice. I see cowardice. So you think they're just going to investigate and not do anything about it. No, I, I mean, th- they've you, got their whistleblowers. Yes, but I don't I don't think that it kind of comes in that order. I think that you're going to see some lighthouse investigations. I think that you're going to see it not taken very seriously. You're going to see CNN, MSNBC, etc. kind of mock it as just this little circus show. Mm-hmm. And then the, whatever the investigation finds, it doesn't matter. It's going to be swept away. You're not actually going to see leaders in the Republican Party pushing for any actual accountability measures here because, again, they don't care. The Republicans at the national level are the party of status quoism, and it's it's what I hate the most. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kinnett filling in for Rob Kendall today, and uh, President Walnut had some stuff to say. He was at the U.S. Africa Leaders Summit, and he did have things to say, but it's your job to figure it out. Cisco Systems and Cyber, Cyber Bastion a diaspora-owned small business. I got small business. You know diaspora-owned. Well, we all do. It's the that thing next to the doohickey maneuverability factor. <laughs> you know, it's a retro-encabulator. Everyone knows these <laughs> things. It, it just takes a third-grade education to, you know, Veroxel, Dubel, Naver, Vagami. That's common language. Okay. Well, on this one, he starts out really strong. But then he can't quite stick the landing. To help save lives and combat COVID-19. Oh, there it is. Mm. COVID-19. You know, I, really, uh, men starting off strong and not really being able to finish the job is pretty common at his age, so it's nothing he should be embarrassed about. <laughs> nice. It's time for a break. It's 60 minutes after 10. You're listening to Kennelly Casey on 93 WIBC with special guest Tony Kinnett.
10. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Tony Kennett is in today for Rob Kendall, who's got the day off. So we've been talking a little bit about Anna McDaniel. The executive committee of the Republican Party of Texas unanimously called for new leadership at the National Party. This is uh, following the results of underperformance of midterms, right? So the uh, state Republican executive committee, by a 62 to zero margin, passed a resolution saying that they had lost confidence in her and that the state's voting members must vote to replace her in January. Just more shenanigans. I, I, there's one. It's one of these situations. I, I guess at this point where nothing really surprises me anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just like you've heard everything at this point. And I mean, goodness, resign by January. More just more just garbage nonsense. I don't even know. I, I agree with with Texas in this situation to, mm-hmm. to give her the boot. I think she's been ineffective. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just again, it, it's it's just this constant circus. It is just constant infighting. We can't accomplish anything because this person wants to resign. This person doesn't want to actually do anything, doesn't Mm -hmm. want to get in any kind of effect. And at this point, it's just more shenanigans. I actually want to see some changes. Show me a Republican Party that can accomplish something so I can get behind them. I mean, another person calling on someone to resign? Okay, she's not gonna. No, no, That's she's she's not gonna. Uh, that so this it's a grassroots effort, right? And they say they've lost faith when faith in her, and that we need new leadership to address deficiencies, not only in messaging but also in fundraising and election integrity. And we need to put the party closer to alignment with supporters and voters. And. I think it comes down to more, let's get everybody on the same page. And it's also having a, a willingness to say that certain candidates are good for the job and certain candidates aren't, that you actually need to be competent, you need to be, excuse me, you need to be competent and confident in both economic and leadership issues, as well as the cultural issues. You have to get out there and fight the culture war a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's necessary, but you can't make that your entire thing. So I also see here, it says that Carrie Lake calls on McDaniel to resign as well. Carrie Lake, I, I got to tell you, I mean, she she kind of botched her own election in Arizona. And now she's, you know, I, I don't really think that she's the leader that needs to be coming out and calling for it. She's kind she of didn't win become her own a election. goober. She didn't win her own election, and now she's calling for the resignation of someone else. Well, let's take a listen to her. This is what she said. Well, I think we probably need some new leadership. And I, you know, I would thank Rana for her, her service, but we've had some big setbacks and I think you can't keep rewarding uh, failure and we've, we we need some new blood. We need somebody who will step forward. If we would have done more in 2020 after that botched election to do more, to shore up our elections, and if it was coming from the RNC, I think we would have not found ourselves in this position in uh, 2022. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm excited, <laughs> and I, I think the grassroots is excited to see somebody in there who will represent them and consider the grassroots more than has right, been she's done. She's just repeating herself at this point, just a bunch of, all right. 
election integrity is not the world's biggest issue to Republicans. It's not the vast. Well, it is to her because she feels like she lost in Arizona. But but this is the exact like she she's the Stacey Abrams of Arizona. It's it's the truth. That's what she's painted herself out to be. Yes. So I'm I'm aggravated here because there are a lot of issues that are serious to many Republicans out around the country Mm -hmm. that are affecting them on a daily basis, and I am not seeing election integrity. All the elections are stolen. That that's not what's winning races. It's not. It is It is something that you make sure that your candidates, when they are in office, you should be able to communicate to any attorney general in any state in the country that you need to have good election practices, period. That's a conversation you have while you're in office. That's not something that you campaign about. Why are you campaigning about the campaign? Campaign about how you're going to run Arizona. Or in Carrie Lake's case now, as she's calling on new RNC leadership, mm-hmm. how about an RNC that actually focuses on the economy more than just lip service? You know, the Republicans are getting ready to pass this stupid omnibus bill through that's going to charge another bajillion dollars to the American economy. We're not focusing on the actual details of the culture war. We're just saying a bunch of phrases over and over and over again. Let's talk about that kind of leadership, not saying election integrity and grassroots over and over like that does anything. I want to talk about something that I'm sure you'll have a a good take on. California school board head resigns after inviting minors to booze-infused gay adult party featuring Dirty Santa. Boy, Tony, I tell you, high school now is a lot different than when I was in high school. So this is a guy who's been pictured with Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, and he held a private adult party and invited members of the high school choir to come over to his house and play a game of Dirty Santa. So I'm told all the time that public schools are are totally fine. They're good. There are no people that are actually out to get your kids in public schools. And it's such a rare occurrence. It doesn't really happen anywhere across the country. And then, usually a couple days later, a story like this comes out. Mm -hmm. And then another story like this comes out. And then another story where schools are hiding something. Schools Mm -hmm. are sexualizing students. Students Mm -hmm. are bringing in drag queens. And students are having student drag semi-strip shows for private teachers, as happened in New Jersey or now here with California. At what point are we just going to look at individuals who say, well, it's not actually going on and say, I I don't believe you. The evidence is here. Mm -hmm. Our public schools are an absolute mess. And all of these nasty, disturbing adults that are inviting children to any kind of sexual garbage parties, in my opinion, should be put on the the sex offender registry. They should be. If you are soliciting a minor to come to an area where you know there's going to be sex or there's going to be some kind of sexual content, I believe that constitutes or should constitute a form of sexual promiscuity towards minors. It's disturbing at worst. It's disgusting at best. Well, it used to be when your child was invited over to somebody's house, if it was a friend, you would you would vet the friend, you would vet the parents. Uh, if it was a coach, uh, you wouldn't... Why are you going to their house? Okay, no, practice is okay or at the school's okay. But now if your child is invited to a teacher's house, now you got to vet the teacher as well. It used to be you'd think, oh, it's okay, they're with a teacher. 
Yeah, but like if you're with a teacher at a certain location, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if I told my parents, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with my teacher and I'm at the school, mm-hmm. or even if I'm at the school like later and it's like, okay, you don't have to worry about picking me up so quickly. There's a teacher here waiting with me by the door. Right. No worries. But in a case of saying, oh, I'm over at my teacher's house, does that not send red flags up for people? I, I, when has that ever been okay? It's like, oh, well, I'm actually over at my biology teacher's house. Have people not heard, don't stand so close to me by the police? Like, <laughs> it doesn't actually take a mathematician to put two and two together here. You shouldn't be over at random adults' houses. I don't care. I mean, unless you're with the parent. I mean, if you're a teacher and you want to invite students and their parents over, mm-hmm. I, I mean, then it's okay. Because if wherever the kid is going, where the parent is. But if you're inviting students over alone, to your you're house. a creep. Yeah, especially Period. to a, a dirty Santa party. Ugh. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. And that is Tony Kinnett filling in for Rob today. And coming up, we've got a couple voicemails. We're going to hear from you next from 93 WIBC. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 317-684-8444. That is the phone number. It is time for voicemails when we like to hear from you. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Tony Kinnand is filling in. And, uh, Tony, this is where we just roll off some phone calls, sometimes comment on them, sometimes don't. Oh, this is my favorite segment. All right. Kevin, let's go. First one. Good morning, Kendall and Casey. I just listened to the portion of the show where you're bragging about being an eighth eighth on uh, whatever category (laughs) of radio stations you're in. Well, that's like um, you don't didn't put it in context. You know, it's like if Nigel Hammer and Rob had a foot race and Rob comes in on his show and says, yeah, I did pretty good. I came in third place. Well, putting it that way is pretty good. But in reality, he came in last. Well, how many people were you up against? Nine? You know, just put it in context so we can either say, yeah, you're doing great, or, well, yeah, you're in eighth place. Whoopee. <laughs> okay, so you want some context. So yesterday it was announced that the Kendall and Casey show according to Barrett News Media, was the eighth best mid-market show in the country. Yeah. They didn't, not even, and they didn't regionalize you either. I saw this on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Okay, so he wants context. How many people were we up against? Eight? No, it's not eight. It's not eight. (laughs) Um, Okay, so there, the talk format is the most, the biggest format in the country behind country music. So there are more country radio stations mm-hmm. in the country followed yeah. by news talk. I know that it's more than I know that the the numbers that you're up against is is more than 6 dozen. I know that that as far as like mm-hmm. the market in general it's more than 6 dozen and people say well why why Indiana why does Indiana have such a big control of the market? Why does WIBC have a big control of the market? Well, it's because our three television stations or our three or four television stations are like pretty far to the left and a lot of in, Americans, a lot of Hoosiers in the state of Indiana, mm-hmm. they like listening to the content that's on the air because there's good talent on the air. And I think that at least from some of the individuals that I've talked to over it, you know, who assign these awards, 
recognize that for the Kendall and Casey show, you guys deliver to a slightly different market than mm-hmm. Hammer and Nigel and mm-hmm. Tony Katz, mm-hmm. and it plays well. That's so, it. so in the country, there's about oh fifty thousand different radio stations. Uh, country music being the first, and then that's followed by talk. And of all of those fifteen thousand, they narrowed it down to about two thousand different programs and of those 2000 they again narrowed it down to 55 yep so out of all of those we were eighth yeah so there's the there's the context that he was looking for yep there you go okay uh we've got another phone call i think somebody has a song for rob Rob is turd, I said, now Rob is turd, he's big old turd, Rob's turd, he's big old turd. There you go. Uh, that's, um... Creative, huh? I, I, I was, and when you said there was a song coming in, I was, like, excited. I was like, oh, cool, a song. Yeah. I didn't realize this is some guy just, like, yelling at his 1993 Honda Civic. <laughs> he's just, like, driving around thinking he's clever. I guess good for him. I, I don't know. I can't... I can, uh, hold on, I'll, I'll try to channel in a Rob. You're still listening to the show. <laughs> You're still lit. You'll be listening tomorrow. You'll be here. <laughs> Very good. So yesterday we got into a, into a conversation about how Kevin went to a Russian deli. And uh, Rob was giving Kevin a hard time about that. And, and somebody had something to say about it. Hello, Rob. This is Ken Acton. Um, just listening to you give a... Uh, Kevin a hard time for eating Russian deli food because of Russia. I'm assuming that you enjoy Chinese food, which is a whole lot worse than Russian. So, anyway, just an FYI thing. Uh, you know, give up the Chinese food and, and let Kevin eat his Russian food. Yeah, you won't believe me, but I had that same exact thought yesterday. Did you yeah, really? Great minds think alike. Speak up, yeah. Kevin. But then knowing Rob, he probably doesn't like Chinese food at all. <laughs> He's a picky no. eater. You yeah. know, he, I, I found out he doesn't eat breakfast either. He doesn't like breakfast food, like bacon and eggs. Well, sort you of know, breakfast food. he's wrong. I mean, that's just the, the answer there is he's just he's incorrect. Um, somebody else called Kevin and uh, had a comment to say about your mentorship with Rob. I would just like to dedicate a song to Kevin Another and song. to Rob. And here oh. it goes. Secret lovers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, another low effort acapella song. Very, very clever. Somebody thinking can't even stay in the key of F longer than like the time it took to sing that weird. I think he needs a mentor. He does. Maybe he needs a mentor. You mean like the Rob Kendall mentorship program? A singing mentor. Yeah. Yeah. The Make a Rob Foundation. It's gonna be. It's gonna be big. It is ten thirty eight with Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Tony, you and I. Tony Ken is filling in today, and you and I had a discussion and found out that we have something in common. And something that we We're are both, both excited. gorgeous. It's true. Everyone, well, I know. Please. Right. Really? Take cool. your seats, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, we're, we're both excited about the World Cup. That's true. We are both soccer heads. The World Cup is set. It's going to be Argentina versus France. Finally. And this is, uh, Messi could finally get his championship, I'm so huh? excited. So I grew up being an Argentina fan because I liked I like Messi and mm-hmm. uh, I like weird 1990s dictatorships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so really Argentina, you know, you get both of those in, in one team. Really, I, I just grew up watching Messi. I mean, I love American football. I love American football. Uh, the sports atmosphere of going to watch a college basketball game, a high school basketball game in Indiana. But I just also enjoyed soccer as well. Mm -hmm. And so getting to see Lionel Messi play and he might finally get, he's getting old. He's getting up there Mm -hmm. to see him finally get a chance at the world cup. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping for him. I'm pulling for him. Okay. So he's considered by many as the world's greatest soccer player, but he hasn't won a world cup. So can you be the best 
without a championship. Let me give you an example. Dan, for football, Dan Marino, Randy Moss, never won Super Bowls. But they're good football players, right? Well, you're one so person can, is not a team. I mean, it's different if it's like golf. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you've never actually won one of the larger tournaments, yeah, maybe you can't say you're one of the best golfers. But there's also no one out there that's weighing you down. You know, Lionel Messi can't take the soccer ball the entire 90 minutes mm -hmm. and just run around on the field with it. You, or excuse me, the pitch. Mm -hmm. The rest of the team has to pull their own weight. And that often doesn't happen. And that's, and you know, I, honestly, I think that's, uh, probably more of the reason it helps that Ronaldo has a great team or mm -hmm. had a great team backing him mm -hmm. all the times that he pulled everyone through. Lionel Messi didn't have that. So you're definitely rooting for Argentina in this game. And how did you become a soccer fan? Because, you know, there's a lot of soccer haters. Uh, I was, uh, so I, I grew up going to Shenandoah, um, way out near Middletown, Indiana. I say mm -hmm. way out. It's in eastern central Indiana. It's not really way out. Uh, but I left after eighth grade and went to this small Christian high school that wasn't big enough to field a football team. And they had a soccer team, though, and I, of course, I, you have to have, be playing a sport every season. That's, you know, the thing to do. And so I, I started uh, playing soccer, and I was worried that the rest of the team, you know, I wasn't really going to know enough. So I started watching soccer at the same time, and mm -hmm. I just, I loved it. I was like, this is, this is actually pretty cool. This is enjoyable. And uh, I don't know, just kind of stuck. Yeah. So you played for a long time. Played in high school, played in college, really enjoyed it. Um, ended up uh, being on a national winning team uh, one year when I was in college. That was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's an absolute joy uh, to, to be running out on the pitch and, um, you know, jump over people doing stupid nonsense and not act like a wuss rolling around when someone lightly taps your shin. So you and I are both left footed, which is very rare in soccer. That's true. I'm Most and, people are right footed. Or ambidextrous. Is that what you call it when you're when you can use both foot, feet the foot same? Bidextrous? I don't know. I have I don't know if there's a, if there's a term for it. There probably mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. I I forced myself into it though. Mm -hmm. um, I sat the bench my freshman year when I was in high school because I I'd, I'd never played and I wasn't any good. And so my coach said, tell you what, uh, learn to cross with your left foot. That's mm -hmm. when you send the ball over to the other side of the field so mm -hmm. someone can kick it or head it into the goal. And so I did the thing where I actually went out like every day and I practiced and practiced with my left foot. And it got to the point where I could cross pretty well with both feet. And when I got to college, I was just one of the only guys who could just walk out onto that. I was a walk on, you know, no one was mm -hmm. actually out there going, oh, we got to get Tony Kidd for the team. But I had that <laughs> skill. It's amazing. And that skill. And also an incredible amount of stubbornness to that's just not give up. Yeah, that's what kept me in the game. Yeah, um, stubbornness. That's what keeps a lot of us there. It's 1042. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kinnett. Of course, the phone number 317-684-8444. If you'd like to contribute, we do like hearing from you. It is 93 WIBC. What is love? Baby, don't <laughs> Perfect, Kevin. No more. <laughs> 1047. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC and Hammer joins us in the studio. Well, well, well. Look at us. If it isn't Hammer from the Hammer and Nigel show, number one. Boom. Wow. Yeah, dude. but like, what's the context? Like, I was like, one number one out of three shows. I am like, so impressed. And I even <laughs> you said You must be in the chat. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I even said this yesterday. Okay, so let's talk about this. The Barrett News Media, top talk shows in the country, and you just... You're amazing. Well, there's context here, right? Well, okay, so put it number in the one, 
in our afternoon drive time slot. Mm-hmm. So it's not over everything. It's right. afternoon drive and it's by market size. Mm-hmm. So I'm not in the same bracket as New York City. I'm not in the right. same bracket as, you know, um, Chicago. Take but, out take out the top 20 markets in the country. Right. Out of everything that's left, you're number one. Boom. That is true. And look at IBC. Look at us. Right Right now, we're that gif of Paul Rudd doing the hot sauce tasting challenge. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Tony Katz, not me. number two. Kendall and Casey, number eight. The Ocho. Hammer and Nigel. We bring it home. Uh-huh. Like, all of us are on the same station. This isn't normal. So what's happening here at WIBC is an amazing thing, and- I'm humbled to be here with everybody. Everybody is so talented, so amazing, and it floors me that people tune in every afternoon to hear lewd, new dude in the news and tell me how you've injured your crotch. Is this anything? Oh, I, is this anything? I can't. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. I'm so impressed by you. And uh, well, big nights too. Let, well, you, know. you guys, you guys, you. It's in plural. And and I, I even said yesterday, you guys are going to be number one. And you were so humble. And you said, no, 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 no. We're the people show. The people love you. But we normally don't win stuff, right? Normally, these judges of these types of things, mm-hmm. they're kind of stodgy yes. and they think we want a too low sophisticated brow. talk show. Oh, yes, you know. Nigel threw up on the air. We don't want to have that. <laughs> but I, uh, I we somehow was, got number one. It was when uh, your producer ate the Mexican pizza in 30 seconds. <laughs> that's what put you over that's, the top. That's just called good radio. Like uh-huh. If you actually look it up in the dictionary, it's just <laughs> like eating a Mexican pizza on air. So it's it's great about our show, you're going to get information. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to tell you what's happening with Biden and Trump and DeSantis. Mm-hmm. But you never know. Somebody might throw up. Somebody might eat a Mexican pizza. <laughs> somebody might take a pie to the face. You never know. Hey, speaking of pie, I saw you brought a pie in today. So, is, that, is that part of the show or is that because you did some grocery shopping? Well, on Wish TV, because Nigel and I do a little hit with our news partners every day. We do mm-hmm. a smaller version of Is This Anything on their All Indiana show. Mm-hmm. Uh, today is Randall's last day. And I love Randall at Wish TV. One of our favorite people. Today's his last day. So we made a bet yesterday. I let him pick. Who do you think's going to win? The Pacers or the Warriors? Mm-hmm. You pick whoever you want. I'll take the other side. Loser gets a pie in the face. He took the Pacers. The Pacers won. So I'm getting the pie in the face today on Wish TV. Wow. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. That's exfoliating. <laughs> Very backhanded compliment. Oh, you're getting a pie in the face. Congratulations. <laughs> That's what you get for being number one. Here's a pie in the face. Um, I, I'm Well, congratulations. I'm waiting for the long, as uh, Rob said yesterday, the email that is the length of the Declaration of Independence, the, <laughs> the Bill of Rights, uh, to everybody here at the station bragging about you. As long as it doesn't say Jason Hammer is no longer an employee of Radio 1. <laughs> right. We wish him the best at his future endeavors. I'm fine. Um, they don't have to send anything out. But in all seriousness, are you going to get in Tony Katz's face and say, like, we're number one? No, because Tony's never here. <laughs> he so was here this morning. Oh, a rare appearance. Yeah. You saw Bigfoot in the wild? Yeah, he Tony made, Katz at work? He made fun of me on my way to get a cup of water. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Okay, let's talk about this uh, new, what is this, a ranking from Entertainment Weekly they ranked the top SNL actors. Right. The top SNL Saturday Night Live Mm -hmm. cast members of all time. Mm -hmm. All the seasons 
mixed together here. After 48 season and 160 plus cast members. Now, we were talking about this off air right mm-hmm. before we came on, and I don't think I've ever seen Tony Kennett so fired up. <laughs> I've seen him mad at school board meetings. Mm-hmm. I've seen him mad about what's taking place in Loudoun, Virginia, but this top 10 list of SNL, I was waiting for a Bob Knight chair toss across the room from I Tony still Kennett. might. I still might. So, what, what really upsets me is that, uh, first of all, Chris Farley did not make the top 10, no. which is not just blasphemy, it's heresy. I, I expect protests. <laughs> Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, if you don't know who that is, don't bother. It's a lady who dressed up as Ruth Bader Ginsburg for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's right. who, she's number nine, and she's not only ahead of, of Dana Carvey and Chris Farley, and, and even Kenan Thompson, who's one of the only good ones that are still on uh, SNL. I'm, oh, it, it's just such a garbage list. They have people, they have Maya Rudolph on there, people who have... Casey, take me through the top 10 here. Top 10. Well, I'm so bummed. Chris Farley's not in the top 10. He's 11. He's 11. That's just, that's wrong. Okay, so the top 10. Uh, 10, Dana Carvey. Okay. Kate McKinnon. No. John Belushi. He's at eight. He is. At number seven is Dan Aykroyd. Okay. Will Ferrell. Okay. Gilda Radner's at number five. Okay. Bill Hader at number four. Okay, stop right there. Okay. Because... I like Bill Hader, and Nigel mm-hmm. and I talked about this. Bill Hader's a funny guy, and this yeah. is not a knock on Bill Hader. Yeah, he's okay. I don't. Yeah, he's entertaining. Mm-hmm. I would have put him on the list in general, but not at number four. Not above Chris Farley. He's above Farley. He's above Farrell. He's above Adam Sandler. He's above Ackroyd and Belushi. Belushi. You don't understand it. Yeah. Come on. Okay, number three is Bill Murray. Okay. Number two, Phil Hartman. Love. Very Phil underrated. Hartman. He was like yeah. the Phil glue Hartman. of yeah. Saturday yeah. Night Live. He really was. And number one. Eddie Murphy. I agree with that. Perfect. Eddie Murphy had so many characters that you were waiting to see, whether it was Gumby, Mm -hmm. Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, Mm -hmm. James Brown Celebrity Hot Tub, Buckwheat. I mean, you could just rattle off all these characters that he created. And they were all done flawlessly. Right. And it's that kind of talent. When you pair that kind of talent with who else is in some of the top 15 or 20 on this list, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, again, Will Ferrell's played a lot of different kinds of characters, a lot of them well. Bill Hader played a lot of characters pretty pretty well. Right. Um, but I mean, some of these people on there, they literally have descriptions that are just, well, when you need someone to be a senator from Arizona, you choose this person. It's like, who opens up Saturday Night Live to go, boy, I wonder what senator they're going to be today. And Nigel made a great point. Mike Myers not even on the list. You're right. So, okay, here's a question. Was Eddie Murphy the most successful post-SNL? Because Will Ferrell's on this list, and he's been in a lot of really good movies as well. What are you defining as successful, though? Like, if you're talking about movie success and revenue, I would go Adam Sandler. Yeah. Sandler was number 16 on this list. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually... Right. Because if you think about it, Adam Sandler on Saturday Night Live, he was good at coming up with funny little songs, Mm -hmm. but his big success came after he left. Yeah. When he was doing Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and all that kind of stuff. What do you have coming up this afternoon? Uh, We're going to have Rob Kendall call in because he can't be off today. He's going to be off the rails with us. And uh, Mickey Thomas of Starship is going to be on. Uh, Jefferson Starship, if you want to get down that way. Nice. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, Hammer. Congratulations, number one. Boom. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.